Hey everyone, this is Ryan from Athix Fitness, and you're listening to the Athix Approach Podcast, the podcast where we highlight inspirational, up and coming vegan and plant based athletes that you've probably never heard of yet, and what they do to absolutely kill it on a plant based diet. If you haven't already, it would really help out if you subscribed to, liked, commented, and or shared any of the content I'm producing, including this podcast, free articles and training programs on athixfitness.com, videos on the Athix Fitness YouTube channel, and more. I truly appreciate all of you guys for the love and support. In today's episode, I'm joined by vegan powerlifter Eddie Baumgartner. Eddie has been competing in powerlifting for years now, and he's hit a 555-pound wrapped squat, 308-pound bench press, and 533-pound deadlift in competition. He's also recently made the switch to equipped powerlifting, which cued a discussion about the differences between raw and equipped powerlifting, and how raw powerlifting in particular has become so much more popular over the recent years. We also talk about Eddie's reasons for going vegan years ago, an average day of eating for him, how alcohol affects training performance, our thoughts on lab-grown meat, and tons more. It's clear that Eddie is very passionate about powerlifting and veganism, and it really shows in the conversation we had here. I hope you all enjoy the episode as much as I enjoyed our chat. All right, what's up, guys? This is Ryan with Athix Fitness, and today I'm here with Eddie Baumgartner. Did I get that right? Close enough. It's Baumgartner. You're you're saying it the real way, but you know, and out here in the Americas, it's Baumgartner. So, are you are you German? Uh, family Swiss. I took German for four years, passed the AP exam, lived in Germany for two months, but technically American. Do you speak any German at all? Yeah, ambition. Nor ambition. Me mind Schwester und meine Bruder und jedem Tag. So it's it's okay. It's really bad, dude. Though it used to be really good. Like I said. I passed the AP exam, but yeah, kind of loot. That was a decade ago, almost now, probably almost actually 15 years ago. So that's a long time ago. Yeah, man. Um, that's so funny. I went to Berlin uh, a few years ago and um, I took uh, German for three years in high school and I knew nice. jack shit. Like I could not speak anything. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I remember. Yeah. I remember like literally last two years ago, there was a, like a beer fest in the city I live and there was this dude speaking German. I started speaking to him. And I was like, oh, I was apologizing. He's like, your grammar is very good. It's okay. I was like, all right. I guess I still got it. Oh, yeah. You passed the check, I guess. You passed the test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So do you want to do a quick little like intro about yourself, who you are, like what you do, kind of things like that? Sure. Yeah. So I'm Eddie Baumgartner. Um, I'm a teacher by trade. I teach physical education in high school, along with health and weights in a soccer specific class. Um, I also coach shot put and discus for about 12 years now. Um, my main hobby is lifting. So obviously I prefer equipped lifting. We'll get into that. I've been vegan for five and a half years. I was took it two years, before, like in between, I was eating a lot of meat just because of reasons that are ridiculous. But before that, I was vegetarian for seven years. So I've been essentially plant-based for a while now. Okay. Yeah. I've been vegan for damn, I guess almost what? No, five years. I think I forget, but we've been, I guess about the same amount of time then roughly. Um, but I was vegetarian for four years before that. Were you also, you said you were vegetarian for nine years before you went vegan. It was about like seven. Um, so 
short story long, as you know, we all say, um, yeah, I was dating a beautiful woman who became my wife and she was like, I'm going to go vegetarian for a little bit. And I was like, I don't know about uh, if I'll do that. I'll eat fish. And so mm -hmm. I was eating fish. And then I got into a little bit of the ethical and morality reasons about being vegetarian at the time when, you know, you're like 19, 20, 21, you don't really think too hard about it, but you're still thinking. And I was like, okay, I'll go vegetarian for a while. Mm -hmm. So lacto ovo for a very long time, seven, eight years about. Um, and then one random night we were at a drive, a drive-in with a bunch of friends was, we were drinking a lot. We were like, you know, 26 ish, 25 ish. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I ordered nachos and I came out and brought them out. And as you know, a couple, uh, King Cobras later, I, uh, <laughs> was, I was looking at these nachos and I was like, man, these nachos are really good. Like, I don't know what's going on with them. And my, one of my good friends, he was like, yeah, there's pork in those. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not vegetarian anymore. Oh, and man. then. Then there was a really slippery slope of, uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm not vegetarian. So I went out and found a local farmer, bought a bunch of local meat, was eating like little pasture, pasture raised uh, beef, pasture raised chickens. Um, I was eating offal, like the mm -hmm. livers and things of animals. Yeah. And then literally just downgraded to me eating like McDonald's. And um, I hated it, dude. I honestly hated it. And I was, get, I got really fat. I was like uh -huh. really like unhealthy weight, like 250, 260. Uh -huh. and um i went to a bachelor party and i came home and my and my wife went vegan she was like you know she was like i'm tired of this like i'm tired of eating all this crap i want to go back to being vegan or i'm going to go strict to vegan and i was like okay let's you go ahead i'll keep eating meat i was eating like a couple pounds of meat a day it was pretty unhealthy uh -huh. and um then i was, i came home from the bachelor party i was hungover as heck and she was like i had a movie to watch you for you to watch and it was earthlings and so uh -huh. i sat there <laughs> hungover as all hell watching earthlings and i was like ah oh, shit all right i'll try going i'll try going vegan for a month and as long as it doesn't impact my strength gains then um i'll do it and then literally my lifts continued to go up and i was yeah. like i felt morally better i mean health better is you know it's hard to tell my all my blood markers were better i guess you could say uh -huh. but um i just stuck to it man i literally have loved it ever since i don't see any reason not to be vegan honestly yeah Man, that's uh, there's a lot to unpack there, dude. Um, so you're you're a hundred percent like at this point vegan for ethical reasons. It sounds like you kind of got into it for ethical reasons too, right? Right. Yeah. Like, um, okay. honestly, yeah, it's all ethical, ethically and more morally based. Yeah. I, yeah. There is health benefits. We could discuss that. I mean, you've had great people on the podcast before, but I mean, you could discuss that ad nauseum. You could look at stuff, but I honestly think that health is so independent. And health is so like human individualistically based mm -hmm. that for someone to have a blanket statement that says you have to eat all plant-based and like mm -hmm. an alkalinic diet and drink water all day for you to be healthy. I'm kind of like, that's, I don't, I don't really agree with that. I think that yeah. you could be healthy on all different types of diets. Like I know I have friends who are in extreme great health and they eat meat and I don't give them crap. I mean, we discussed the moral ethics, the mm -hmm. ethics of it, but yeah. So long story, long answer, but yeah, it's for the ethics. Yeah. I completely agree too, man. Um, I originally got into being vegan from like, I had a nutrition class in uh, college and I actually, I went vegetarian because of it, but, um, I wanted to go vegan because I thought it was like the way to go for health. Cause the teacher had us watching like, uh, you probably watch these like forks over knives and like, uh, yep. stuff like that. And, um, yeah. I feel like we've, we've all watched these documentaries. Like e e even if you're like an ethical vegan, I mean, you, you've probably watched the health ones too, you know? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So like I got into it for that at first and then I was vegetarian for four years. Cause I was like a broke college kid. And then I went vegan 
And then, um, yeah, then I was like, dude, I'm doing this now for like, I, I want to go vegan for like the moral purposes, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm definitely in the same boat with you on that because then I kind of gotten more into the health research and I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like if you just like are smart about what you're eating, you're gonna, you can be healthy. Like, you know, you can eat animal products and be healthy. Like you said, um, you know, as long as you're eating a lot of fruits and vegetables too, I would say, but I, yeah, agree. I was like, I was like, you literally cannot argue with the moral aspect of it, you know? Mm-hmm. 100% agree with that statement. Yeah, it's like you could literally base your diet off of anything and just include a high amount of uh, plants and you'll be yeah. fine. But like at the end of the day, there's no such thing. I don't care who you are as a ethically killed meat or yeah. whatever. Like, were you lifting through this whole time when you were kind of like, you know, transitioning into like going vegan or even before when you're vegetarian? Yeah, I've been, um, so my lifting career is very, very strange and long-winded. So I did, I did, uh, I did sports in high school. I did football as a sophomore, but it was really not my cup of tea. I got like concussed a couple of times. Um, it was just, wasn't fun. The people were kind of really negative, you know, it wasn't, I would never downgrade anybody, but it was just, it was just like, I didn't like the energy. And Uh then, um, I was helping my dad on, you know, I was like 15 years old or whatever. And I was helping my dad clear out some weeds in the backyard or whatever. And he was like, Hey, uh, I told him actually, I was like, Hey, I want to play baseball. You know, it's the America's pastime. I want to play baseball. And he looked me dead in the eyes and he said, you're not playing baseball. You're not meant for baseball. And I, you know, I was confused by that because it's your father. You expect him (laughs) to always back you up. And he was like, those kids that have been playing baseball, have been playing baseball for 10 years, at least. If you go out there, you're going to be playing against these extremely athletic individuals. Yeah. So he said, why don't you try track and field? So I tried track and field um, and it literally changed my life. It was like, I don't know if you really believe in like time splitting moments or anything like that. Or mm-hmm. like you look back and reflect on your own life and you think about a time where something happened and completely changed your whole outcome of your life. But that was the first moment that that ever happened to me. My dad saying, hey, going to track and field. So mm-hmm. I went into track and field, uh, did shot put and discus in high school. Um, I was the weakest person on the team. I couldn't, I was, uh, I graduated high school. I couldn't squat. Um, up, I couldn't squat over 185. Mm-hmm. I couldn't bench. I couldn't bench more than 95 pounds. What was your, um, uh, was, what was your height and weight in high school when you were doing this? I was, I was six foot and like two, like 180, you know, okay. it was kind of a, just a fluffy dude that didn't mm-hmm. really care that much. Like I cared because I was mm-hmm. really good technically at the sport. So uh, that's why I really liked the sport because I was mm-hmm. better than my friends. And then after I got out of high school, um, went to junior college and I joined a swimming class just to get into better shape. Mm-hmm. And sim- similar to how you said, I was just also just based on the fact of being a broke college kid, I was eating rice yeah. and lentils all day and like one fried egg over the top, you know? And so I was like losing weight rapidly. So I dropped uh-huh. down to like 165. I was like a skinny, skinny kid um, swimming like four hours a day because I took back to back swimming classes. And then I was going to the gym and doing Muay Thai just for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really enjoyed it and jujitsu also and I was rock climbing so like in junior college is where my like athletic potential sort of exploded okay. you know from the ages of like 18 to like 20 yeah. I was like I'm just gonna go hard like why not why and you're, why you're a vegetarian at this time yes yeah, so I was vegetarian yeah. I was vegetarian from the age of like 19 on really okay. okay um yeah and so like I went hard and then like I was realizing I was sucking at everything <laughs> and I was like why am I sucking so bad like what's going on here right and so uh, I was looking around, reading. This was back, you know, I'm, I'm 33. So I'm talking like 2007, 2008, 2009. Uh-huh. So there wasn't really like the YouTube that is now. And 
So it I was, was before like, oh, it was before being uh, vegetarian or vegan was cool at all. <laughs> yeah, and also like there wasn't like you know you couldn't just type in you know vegan strength gains or like you couldn't find beautiful people like you on the internet. It was just like oh, I'm blushing, nothing. man. <laughs> yeah, there was like nothing, you know what I mean. <laughs> so uh, I found this website called EliteFTS.com. They still yeah, exist, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, and so I found that website and I was following a bunch of strength training athletes on there, just like their training logs. And I was like, this shit is dope. And this was back in the heyday when everybody was doing multiply and fucking yeah. single ply. And I was like, oh, I want to do that so bad. But I was broke. I couldn't afford it. So I uh, joined just like the weightlifting like class in my junior college and started doing really basic ass shit. It was like CrossFit mm-hmm. essentially. And it was great. I did good at it, but I was really, really weak. And I didn't know what was going on. So I just, I entered a piloting meet anyway. I was, my first piloting meet was in 2012. Um, so there's a little bit of time gap, but it, it's literally the same thing that whole mm-hmm. time. And I squatted 315, I benched 225, and I deadlifted like 375. And I thought I was shit hot, right? I was like, this is was this raw? This is, yeah, this is raw. So I've only ever done one equipped powerlifting meet, and I train equipped now. But like back yeah. then, this is how I got into it was because I went there, right? And there was this mm-hmm. guy there, his name was Harry Selko and he used to be on elite FTS. I think he's still on elite FTS. Okay. And I was talking to him and I was like, Hey man, this is really cool. I really like everything about this. And he was like, Hey, if you ever need um, an extra credit or anything, I'll, I'll give you an internship. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's Mm -hmm. pretty, that's pretty sick. And so I transferred (laughs) from my junior college to my uh, actual college. And I was still lifting. There was all raw still all throughout college was all raw. And, um, I was like training in the old, uh, the old Sac state gym, Sacramento state gym. Mm-hmm. And it was growing good. It was going fine. And then I was like trying to get an internship at that school. I was like, Oh cool. They offer internships. Cause I thought my career path was going to go into, um, you know, athletic development and exercise science and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did major in kinesiology, but it was for physical education, which is a whole, I did that for a whole other reason. But, okay. um, while I was there, I asked, I was like, Hey, why don't you guys do like box squats and like speed deadlifts and, you know, banded deadlifts, banded squats, chains. And they were in the, the head CSCS strength trainer literally looked me in the eyes and said, that doesn't build strength. There's no purpose in that. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, have I been like drinking the wrong Kool-Aid for like six years? Yeah. You know what I mean? And no, I wasn't. And so I went back to Harry Selko. I emailed him and I was like, Hey, uh, do you still have that internship? And he was like, if you need it, come down here. So I went to his personal gym. Well, he was, it wasn't his personal gym, but he was the head strength and conditioning, like, you know, person there. And mm-hmm. I essentially trained all of his clients and it was all based upon like West side and conjugate methods. And I, he taught me the basics and then I developed it. And I was coaching like high school and collegiate athletes. I was coaching, um, a motorcycle what no not motorcycle motocross like world Mm -hmm. athlete i don't know it was pretty cool but yeah yeah, that's what like got me into like severe strength training and then it was just after after that it just got weird man it got really weird so i guess raw powerlifting back then really wasn't popular at all either right it was wasn't like equipped still the bigger thing back then in general yeah so at the first meet that i ever did um there's a guy who's obviously probably pretty popular now his name's uh mark bell he like runs slingshot and stuff like that <laughs> yeah 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 and, Mark Bell. Yeah, yeah i mean Dude, the, the, the fucking meathead millionaire yeah the meathead millionaire 
So <laughs> at the first ever meet that I did, I had I was there and I was like, holy shit, he was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like holy shit, because this was like 2012. I was like, what the fuck, man? This is this guy's massive right now. And yeah. he had he was doing multiply, uh-huh. and he literally benched like 850. And it was like in a single in a shirt, and I was just amazed by it. It was yeah. so crazy. And I was like, "How are you doing?" Uh, I'm Eddie. He was like, "How are you?" And just walked away. And I was <laughs> like, "Well, this guy's tight. Like, this is dope. I want to kind of be like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Just a big bloat lord." Fuck, man. I'm not surprised he uh, he's the kind of dude just kind of be like, "Hey," and then just leave. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't seem yeah. like he's about like the uh, the guest serve or the uh, the fan service at all. You know? Yeah um so then you kind of got into like a equip lifting after that so uh how did you only did one competition equipped you said right yeah only one um i've been training equipped for probably 18 to 24 months but only one competition just because oh. like the pandemic kind of threw everything into a loophole so okay and you kind of do like uh i don't really follow your training like super closely but it kind of looks like you do like no a conjugate sort of method right it's actually so like dude my training is um I've listened to a few of your podcasts and I don't remember who you had on, but people were talking about like how, uh, um, there's program jumpers and uh-huh. I'm like ADD program jumper, man. It's hard for me. So, oh, really? yeah. So I originally, before I, when I got into equipped, I was like, okay, the only people who are strong at equipped is West side really. So I was like, uh-huh. I'm going to do conjugate. I base it off of my previous knowledge and things like that. Um, but it fucking sucked, dude. It really <laughs> sucked. Uh, it wasn't working for you. It didn't. I wasn't hitting PRs, man. I was doing huh. like eight week cycles and all this shit and like three triple wave uh, dynamic effort programming yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't working. So I was like, I was pissed. I was literally yeah. pissed. I was like in my garage, just pissed because I trained in my garage. I don't have a uh-huh. cool uh, apartment gym, but I have a garage gym and it's really nice. And I was in there. And I was just like, pissed, you know, and I was thinking and I was like, why don't I just go back to like, um, linear periodization because it's always worked for me like uh-huh. the first thing that ever made me get over a 405 deadlift was just 531 just basic linear periodization uh-huh. and i was like why don't i do that but i add in like singles on my high days where it is x amount of poundage more but i do it in my gear so it's like my own really like bastardized version of adding and subtracting different percentages that have worked for me in the past and doing uh-huh. like extremely long preps like 22 week preps mm-hmm. and it always works, but it's, it, there's not, I don't really know what it's like. It's kind of like, um, RPE. It's kind of like RPE okay. really. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah. 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 I gotcha. So you kind of just hop around to a bunch of different stuff, but you, you kind of found one method that works for you more than others. Yeah. Is, so is that a good way to sum it up? Really? That is. Yeah. I, okay. I, <laughs> picked a bunch of different stuff and now i found a pathway that works yeah gotcha gotcha you you kind of got into equipped lifting because you were just like damn this is fucking cool people are like benching 800 pounds right that and also the more that i was reading about it it just sounded like to be honest like it's a it's a weird question right like why would someone <laughs> choose to wear extremely tight canvas and sweat their ass off and literally get bruises on their hips and uh, on their yeah. armpits like why would you choose that but um I think it was because I just wanted to change. Honestly, mm-hmm. I was just getting tired of it, dude. Like I was just getting tired of like the same powerlifting thing. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to switch into bodybuilding or I didn't yeah, want to yeah. switch into like anything else. So I was like, well, what's a very analogous thing that I can do. And so I was researching it. And also people were saying that like 
you know, you can do equipped lifting for your life because it doesn't screw up your hips. It doesn't damage your hips. Your knees are all taken care of. And so, so I know nothing yeah. about like equipped powerlifting. So I thought it would be, <laughs> I know no, it's like a different world to me, but I would think that it'd be, yeah, exactly. I would think that it'd be like a different, like really hard on your joints, if anything. No, dude, it's, it's, I, okay. So like I've done a lot of weird shit lifting just to find stuff that sticks, you know, like they Mm -hmm. say, like you throw enough darts at the wall, something's going to hit. Um, and like, I remember days of doing like Chico nonstop and like just being beat up after like everything beat up. I've done that shit too. And it just did not work for me at all. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks. It was, and so it's I thought I was like I thought I was running I it wrong because uh yeah. it was going from like I ran the Shaco app and it was like going from like all right, just do like uh like I don't know, eight sets of triples with like uh fucking like 60% of your one rep max. And I was like, that's yeah. it. And then it was like, yeah. all right, now you got to go test to 100%, like go all out. And I'm like, yeah. I literally I'm getting buried by like the lightest weight right now. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, that's just built for different people. And I also like, I'm pretty sure I, I did a lot of research back in the day, but I mean, mm. I may be speaking on my ass, but I'm pretty sure a lot of the people that did Chico were either equipped or like maybe on shit, you know what I mean? So their uh-huh. bodies were able to recover. So I mean, okay. it's Russia. I mean, they can do whatever the fuck they want. Right. <laughs> for me, it was like uh I don't know. It didn't feel like a ton of volume. It just felt like the intensities were just like so low that I was just like speed work basically. Yeah. I think that's why it's like kind of some of the, like, you know, some of the numbers like 25 through 32 or whatever most people run, I think Uh uh those are like, I think those are actually are meant for equipped lifters and like there's other programs that you're supposed to run, but then the other programs that you're supposed to run are like doing the same shit, but like 80 to 85%. And so it's like, Mm. which one it's, that's why I'm saying, dude, it's so confusing. confusing. Like, Back in the day when you'd just find like some random forum and you'd be like, oh, cool, this must work. Some yeah. other dude ran it and then you test it and you just beat the shit after. So you know? I'm getting I'm getting way off subject, but did you, um, you know, you know, like Johnny Candido, right? I love Candy Toes. He's like one yeah. of my favorite YouTubers. <laughs> Candy Toes. Yeah, he was the guy. So like I was never like I never really wanted to get like like big and strong. Like I, I always wanted to get strong, but I always be like lean and I'm just yeah. like built to be like thinner so i kind of just mm-hmm. try to hover on like where i think i i look i look and feel better but also try right. to like lift for strength even though like i'm a weak motherfucker <laughs> ha, um, i don't think that but okay uh yeah but so johnny candido was the one who was like dude this guy is like lean and he's strong as shit like squatting like at the time he was squatting like i don't even know 600 pounds probably i think he like bumped his total up by like i got a couple hundred more or something since then yeah he's gotten crazy but yeah i know what you're talking yeah. about yeah but uh, yeah, that guy, uh, I ran his uh, six week program, like kind of when I first started discovering like powerlifting and like, I was getting shit gains in the gym before that. Cause I was following like a, like a bro split for like years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. maybe I just can't build muscle at all. I switched over to his program and like strength training. And then I put on like another, like 15, 20 pounds. Um, yeah. I've like mostly muscle just from training for strength. And that dude, like I have so thankful I found that guy. Cause it's, I, I feel like if you're like a natural lifter, especially, um, you have to fucking train for strength and you have to like increase your frequency a little bit, you know, like the, the brew splits don't work. I agree a hundred percent, dude. Can't I, I don't know when I first started watching uh, Candido, but I never ran any of his programs. I downloaded all the free spreadsheets and looked yeah. at them and stuff. Yeah. And cause they were all very similar to the stuff that I was already doing, but I was just like, I just, his videos are so funny and I They're was so like, good. you recap stuff. Yeah. He's a good dude. You know? yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think that, I think that like, um, how old are you again? Are we like uh, I just age? turned 30. No, how, how hey. long ago? 
I turned 30 like four months ago. Okay. So I'm three years older. So it's essentially yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Um, but I feel that a lot of times in our youth, we were just looking at people that were just extreme jacked monsters. And we were like, yeah. oh, they're doing like a bro split. So I have to do that. And yeah, then exactly. The, I think we started lifting the, probably around the same time too. Cause I was probably. like 18. So roughly like in the days yeah, of like so, bodybuilding.com. Right. Right. I was, uh, <laughs> so it's funny. Cause like, I, uh, I, I never really did bodybuilding.com. I was more on oh. to, uh, I was on elite FTS and just reading their shit and like commenting on their coaches logs. And then I hate to say this. I'm going to, everyone's going to hate me, but I was on the CrossFit forums, like nonstop. That's all I did was just Dude, CrossFit forums. Better off than bodybuilding.com straight up <laughs> way better off. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I mean, I, I recently refound my, uh, I went on, I was just like, oh shit, CrossFit form still exists. This is weird. And I was like, I wonder if, and like, I searched my own username, my old username up and I found all my logs and shit. And I was like, this oh, wow. is crazy. That's and it was all have. like, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty neat. And it was funny to see like the programming I was running back then. Mm-hmm. It was all essentially just faster. I was five, three, one, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, yeah, the CrossFit forums was where I was at. I was getting like weird shit, dude. I was getting people sending me like uh, Kefir. Do you know what Kefir is or Kefir? You know what that oh, is? Isn't that like a like a type of like milk or like yogurt or something? <laughs> it's like a okay, so it's like a fermentable grain, a live bacteria, and then you use it to put it into milk, or you can make water oh, uh-huh. and like it ferments it and you get probiotics from it. And this was when I first got into probiotics. I was hella young. I was like, oh, this sounds healthy. Yeah. And so I some dude sent me kefir grains through the mail from CrossFit, and I was like making kefir. It was so weird, man. Wow. CrossFit that- forms are yeah. that is the most random thing ever. yeah that's hilarious and, it was, it, and it's funny because i look back at it and i was like uh hype like preachy vegetarian back then mm-hmm. like super mm-hmm. like you guys need to stop eating animals i was like reading yeah. and i was like attacking people because i was yeah. like so young and i was like damn man i was an asshole kind of back then i think we all kind of go through like at least maybe like a little bit of that phase where we're like a, we're like really emotional about it and then we kind of like i, I don't know maybe not everybody gets over that phase but like i feel like me and you are just probably the kind of guys are just like you know obviously we recognize what sucks and we just are kind of like you know what we can't live our whole lives just always being stressed and like hating on people openly all the time and you know you know i I feel like you're probably the same way right yeah because like you know as a teacher too i do do subtle jabs and subtle (laughs) subtle subtle things like when i teach nutrition um, I always lead through all the nutrients, how to get them plant-based first, and then talk mm-hmm. about the animal products at the end. I still talk mm-hmm. about the animal products, but I'm always like, oh, you know, you can get K through this way. You can get vitamin D through this way. You can get calcium mm-hmm. through this way before. And then like at the end, I'm like, oh yeah, milk, fish, bone, things like that. <laughs> and yeah. then like, um, I always, I have a vegan sweater. Like it just says vegan on it. I think uh-huh. it's PETA. You know, I know people hate PETA, but I got it as a gift and like, I wear mm-hmm. it all the time. And like, people are like, oh shit, you're vegan. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I've been vegan for a long time and it's cool. And like, uh, I've had athlete, young athletes, like go vegan for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, my, one of my best throwers ever was vegan. He just graduated. He threw like 48, six in the shop with a 12 pound weight, which is pretty, pretty dang far. Uh, he just pulled six ten too. He's a beast. high school. He's yeah. He's a beast dude. Holy he's shit. A, yeah, he's a beast. What, he's how, how big is he? Like what's his, uh, height and weight? He's like, he's like 5'11 and he's fluctuates between 210 and 225 but he's currently like bulking he eats like um he's a such a solid young man but he also yeah. uh his diet's extremely weird like he just does like crazy perma bulks like that we all did when we were young and <laughs> yeah he literally like goes across the street to the grocery store like he'd be my student aide and he'd be like hey can i go across the street and get food mm-hmm. I'm like yeah go ahead 
and he'd come back with like a whole Marie Callender's pie and just eat it in one period and just like go to sleep. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> this is not good. Damn. 5'10 and like 210, 220 pounds. I mean, that's that's huge for a high schooler, but also that's not like for, for pulling those numbers and stuff, it's not like he's like huge. Like he's still got room to grow yeah. for sure. He um his like family is super strong. Like I coach his mm-hmm. brother too, and his yeah. brother is like uh his brother is on the army powerlifting team at oh. West Point, and he's like <laughs> pulling like close to 700. They're just strong family, they got strong stock or whatever, you know. Yeah, genetics are uh huge when it comes to strength and like building muscle, huh? 100 percent I would say, yeah. Honestly, it's so important. Yeah, it's that's definitely a huge factor. So, all right. So, is there anything else where you feel like we should? I, I am curious about like how you think like do, doing both equipped powerlifting and raw powerlifting. How you right. think it's different to train for each of them, maybe or maybe right. like other differences like that. You know, what do you prefer? What do you, you know, things like that? What are your numbers difference, maybe? Right. Yeah. So I think that um, equipped powerlifting gets first off just a huge bad rap sheet because mm-hmm. we've all seen the videos of like everybody squatting like a mile high and shit. But I think that single ply like single ply equipped powerlifting is kind of what powerlifting was birthed out of you can look back and you can read if you go into like the historical archives archives however you Mm -hmm. say it and like people used to just squat in suits and they're just like that's what we squatted and that's all we had like that's how we squatted we used canvas suits back in the 80s and 90s but it was or like the late 80s and stuff but they didn't Mm -hmm. really call it equipped it was just like squatting and that so i think that equipped powerlifting single ply is like the best it's i think it's i think it's what the sport should be but i'm also kind of like maybe I'm viewing it that way, but, Mm -hmm. um, training differences. There's not, I train like 90 to 95% raw, honestly. And yeah. And what you really just do is you work on like your weak points, which is what everybody would should do anyways. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I do like a main lift usually, um, like a normal day. Uh, I'm currently moving. So I haven't lifted in like two months and I'm like foaming from the mouth and it really sucks. But Two on months. a normal day, Damn. yeah, dude, I'm like losing every, like, obviously, quote unquote, losing your gains. But like my, I'm doing fine because I have a task with moving, but like normally huh. I'm super hyper focused on lifting. So I'm like, there's this like space that I'm like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. It's the, the moving situation is kind of screwed, but we're doing really good now. So it's mm-hmm. not that bad. Nice. Um, but anyways, so like normal day, you know, I'll work up to like doing like a couple of singles raw mm-hmm. at like. 85 to 90% based upon like what week we're in. I'm just throwing these numbers out. So, you know, okay. and then right. that's based off my raw max though. So it's not based off my equipped max. It's based mm-hmm. on my raw max. And then I'll, uh, if I'm doing a squat day, we'll say, and my raw max was like 440 squat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get crazy numbers out of my gear. I don't know if I'm doing it correctly, but I've passed it and, and IPF or well, USAPL, whatever. So it doesn't matter to me. It works. Um, but so then what I'll do is I'll add uh, anywhere from 20 to 40 kilos. All my plates are in kilos. Just that's all I got a long time ago. I got my first garage gym from coaching track and field because I didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. And they were like, go into the container and take whatever you want. And so I went in there oh, and I got like a sick. full squat rack and like <laughs> all my plates, but they were all like, uh, they're all like kilogram bumpers. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, all my stuff's in like kilograms. So anyways, I'll squat, like we'll say 90% of 440. So whatever that is, like 400 mm-hmm. for singles. And then afterwards, I'll take like a like a two to three minute break. And then I'll add 40 kilos usually on squat day. So we're getting up to, you know, 
you know, that's like 180. So like 220 ish, 220 ish. Mm -hmm. So that's like close to 500 ish. And I'll just hit that for singles, like two to three singles, depending upon how I feel. Mm -hmm. And the reason I do that is because it's kind of like overloading so that my raw squat numbers still go up, but then I get practice in the gear because uh, like squatting and deadlifting in gear and benching in gear is like more technique based than it is like just pure strength based. Like mm -hmm. I literally, so like my best squat ever raw, like dead raw, no knee wraps, just mm -hmm. a belt was like 440 ish, 435, 437 ish, I think. Okay. And I, I literally squatted 605 in full gear, which is oh, a wow. single ply, a single ply suit knee wraps. So that's not like anything too crazy. So you um, feel like that, that like a single ply uh, suit and knee wraps would add about 150 pounds roughly. Not, not on average, dude. Like honestly, oh, no. people are like, I don't know how you get this much out of your suit. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Could it like, be, I'm just could it doing be partly this mental. I'm just curious. I like, think it can. Yeah. That's a very, that's a very good point because like, yeah. um, so like all, okay. So a lot of my motivation in the gym comes from like weird television and like shows that I've watched throughout. And, um, I'm really big into Dragon Ball Z. I don't know if anybody has ever watched Dragon Ball Z, but it's a good show. And there's oh, dude, one I, of the hasn't everyone who lifts watched Dragon Ball Z? Like I know, I know, but I mean, you know, some people, somebody listening to this is like, what the hell is this young man talking about? That <laughs> dude, everyone, but, everyone I know watches Dragon. I heard Dragon Ball Super is really good. I gotta watch that still. So. Uh, it's super is hella good. Okay. Is it? So, anyways, okay, okay. yeah, keep yeah, going, keep going. Really <laughs> so like Vegeta, you know, like the Vegeta arc, right? Like yeah. he, um, like Goku goes super Saiyan first and Vegeta super pissed off because Vegeta was hell was Prince of all Saiyans. He was supposed to be like the God tier Saiyan. Yeah. And then like he does, he goes into like that point of no return and he's like on planets and the planets are collapsing and he literally just like kind of gives up and he's like, I don't care anymore. Like none of this matters. I don't care if I get killed right now. I've always just wanted to be super Saiyan. Mm -hmm. And like, I kind of like go into this weird depth mode of like everything sort of shuts off and i'm just like okay well you have stupid amounts of weights on your back and you're either gonna die or you gotta squat it yeah you know what i mean and it's like okay all right let's just the do it and it usually works off yeah and usually it's like listening to weird music like britney spears work that's like my hype song really that song yeah dude i love that song it's like so good it's so like, good have you ever heard it like no. work the it's really good okay I, I always say this and everyone's like, oh, it's pop. It's whatever. Yeah, but if yeah. you listen to the lyrics, it's really good. She essentially is like, if you want things, you have to work for it. Right. Because I really <laughs> and I really like braggadocious music. I really like music. If I'm trying to get hyped up, like music that's like talking shit to nobody. But like it makes me feel like I'm saying those words. That sounds like, and rap. like yeah, it's mostly rap. And then there's okay. also Slayer for some reason. Like I always listen yeah. to tons of Slayer and tons of like Coheed and Cambria. Uh -huh. Um but yeah, but like that song work, like if that song comes on, it's like game over. I don't know what it is, dude. I the the tempo is really fast and it's just like it's just sounds like some weird version of a human saying, like, if you want things in life, then you're gonna have to go through shit. And That's so I'm so like good. and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like the squat's probably gonna fucking suck. I'm probably gonna take off my knee wraps and I'm gonna have bruises. I'm probably gonna have bruises on my hips. Mm -hmm. And but it doesn't matter because at the end of the tunnel is gonna be like hopefully another state record or like even more cheap, keep going and going and going, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, yeah, I think that equipped and raw go hand in hand, but equipped is like adding, you know, the, the like sprinkles on top of the proverbial frosting on the cake. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. I've heard so many things about like equipped lifting, like having to change your exercise selection a lot and stuff. And uh, I've heard a lot of box squats can help with, I mean, I know nothing. Yeah. So I'd like to hear your opinion. Yeah. Do you think that's the case? 
I think it's very beneficial. I did box squats for a very long time, but then mm -hmm. I also found that I didn't really care for them. Honestly, I think that, you know, going back to how we spoke in the beginning about diets and human mm -hmm. um, health, I think that it's an individual based thing. So it's like, yes, mm -hmm. you can take a cookie cutter program from Westside, from Conjugate, which mm -hmm. uses box squats heavy and throw it in. But where are you failing on your lift? Are you failing out of the hole? Like, mm -hmm. do you suck in the bottom of your squat? Well, then do some box squats, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you suck in the mid area of the squats. Maybe you need to do uh, good mornings. Maybe you need to do pin squats or mm -hmm. like, you know, you got to find which part sucks of your lift and then work on that. So like yeah. for me, for squatting, I've, you know, knock on wood, I've always been good out of the hole. I usually get stuck in like the top half. And I think that has to do with just like weaknesses I have in my body. So I do a mm -hmm. lot of glute work like really glute specific work, mm -hmm. uh, which I, I literally hate glute work so much because I get like cramps after and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's definitely but, not fun. Dude, glute cramps and ab cramps are the two worst cramps I've ever had. Ab cramps? Ab cramps like while you're running or something? That kind of thing? Anything. Any, oh, yeah, no, I literally like, literally like your abs, like feeling like they're contracting and you're doing nothing. Like you'll be driving home and then your abs like lock and you're like, oh God. And you have to keep driving home. Yeah. That's oh, I don't think I ever really got those. I, I got I like probably, the, the runner's cramp, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. 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 I think yeah. I may run in a dehydrated state a lot of the time from a lot okay. of caffeine that I drink. And uh, yeah. So, you how know. much caffeine but, do you usually drink a day out of curiosity? A lot. Like, um, so like when mostly I was like coffee I, or a, a mixture of things. So, like, okay. peak, peak level caffeine consumption when I was in like uh, getting my teaching credential and work. So, I was teaching. Monday through Friday and working 32 hours a week at Home Depot mm -hmm. and going to school. I was consuming like one gram at least caffeine a day, which is like a lot. That's a fuck most, people, <laughs> most people don't consume that much. And now it's like I'm dialed back to like three to 500 milligrams a day. Wow. So, yeah. And that's, that's, uh, that's so funny. Yeah. I remember, um, so I was, uh, I was doing like long, so I'm a freelancer with what I do. I work in like uh, visual effects and uh, video editing and stuff like the video world of like TV and, and movies and stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. so I work on set sometimes and I was, I had a booking for a couple of months that was like, you know, usually on set days, like 12 to 14 hours. So I was doing like, uh, you know, 60 hour weeks and stuff regularly while also working another job too. On top of that was, which was on the computer, like outside of, well, I would try to balance it while I was working on set too. But either way, right. I was consuming like probably 300 milligrams a day. And for me, I was like, this is so much. I'm, this is fucking insane. I feel like terrible. Like, and then, so I got yeah. off the caffeine cold Turkey and that's when I got all the withdrawal symptoms and you can't do that. I learned. <laughs> no, you cannot do That is horrible. I yeah. like, this is the issue is like, I do do, um, like I do try to abstain from it from time to time. Uh -huh. And I do do like, you know, I try to take breaks. Like currently I'm on summer break. So I'm trying to stay like under two, like two cups of coffee a day. To yeah, yeah, like, yeah. okay, that's, that's chill. You can do uh -huh. that. But then like, if I like go like, you know, if it's like a long busy day, I'm like, dude, yeah. it's literally three o'clock. I'm going to go get a very big iced coffee or a cold <laughs> brew and just chug this thing. This is a good segue into uh, the topics of like, uh, I guess balancing certain habits with like, I don't know, athletic performances or like trying to stay healthy. So like alcohol also, I mean, I also mm -hmm. think the caffeine aspect is really interesting, but like to kind of segue a little bit more into the uh, like alcohol consumption and stuff. I know that you're also like a beer connoisseur, right? So you're. Yes, sir. Yes, okay, sir. Cool. Cool. All right. So I also am, I, I consider myself a bit of a beer connoisseur, you know, not, not, not too much, but a little bit. 
And uh, I wanted to talk to you about like what you think about just general like alcohol consumption and how that affects physical performance and stuff. What do you think? I literally, I literally brought a beer just for this segment. So hell yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. What do you got there? Sierra Nevada Tropical Torpedo. I just oh, okay. I'm a I love Sierra Nevada. It's like mm-hmm. was the first big beer, big you know big time pale ale beer that I got. Okay. And then I turned into like an extreme hop head guy. But okay, I think that uh beer is like such a such a slippery slope for a lot of people because mm-hmm. you're just if you don't if you're not worried about calories then like you could probably get away with a lot but when i was like at my heaviest i was drinking a lot dude i was drinking hella beer like all the time didn't care i was also eating just whatever i wanted and like this beer i didn't check even <laughs> but i'm sure if i scan the calories it's probably in the neighborhood of like 320 for 12 ounces and for, you're not gonna drink one? one beer yeah no you're not gonna drink one beer What's like the, never. uh, what's the ABV? Uh, 7.2. Oh, that's not even like that high. 320 calories for that one. Damn. I'm not, I'm pretty sure it's probably like 280. I over, I try to overestimate. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like, I can balance sense. my calories, yeah. but like. Do you use, uh, do you use my fitness pal or anything to track them usually? I or? do. I do. Okay. Um, I slipped off, but I'm doing the whole like body recomp thing for the next like eight to nine months just gotcha. for funds. But, gotcha. um, so I'm getting back into it pretty hardcore, but, um, yeah, I think that like the biggest issue with beer is that like people like stigmatize alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't think about how human beings throughout all our whole entire lives have always used mind altering substances to just get a certain edge off the day or even to enhance their day. And yeah. then alcohol has been one that we've used forever. You can do the research like the medieval, you know, the medieval times water was unsafe. So they made beer out of their water. So people could have beer. Given mm-hmm. that beer was like 3% alcohol, 2.5% alcohol. Mm-hmm. So like beer is such an ingrained part of humans. And I think that it stays with us, right? And so in society today, especially in like sports on during commercial breaks, if you watch like mainstream sports, like we'll say football or baseball, I'm like, it's just beer advertisements the whole time. So they're <laughs> yeah, literally yeah. just like, hey, chill back, have some beer. It's no big yeah. deal. And it's like, so it's ingrained in us to just have beer. And then people drink so much beer and they go, why am I not in shape? Like, I don't get it. I'm yeah. exercising ad nauseum. I'm literally like running 30 miles a week. I'm mm-hmm. literally doing all this. And it's like, what'd you do on Friday night? Like at 24 PBRs? Like, <laughs> or what else was I supposed to do is Friday? Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think there's a very, like, there's a, like um, a fine line you could say of how much beer you should be drinking and how much beer a lot of people drink you know Mm -hmm. like for especially with athletic performance i don't know yes so let's say like uh how how do you personally feel like you're affected if you have like i I don't know let's say just like uh let's say just like a few beers like three three to four beers right like for like a friday night or something and the next day you have to train how do you feel like that would affect you honestly dude i've trained hungover and it doesn't affect me i've like if i so if I'm hell bent on something, yeah. Um, if I'm like, Hey, even if I'm not training for a competition, but if I've like, you know, if I've, I've established my mm-hmm. programming, I usually program in like 22 week blocks. I don't know what that number's from, but that's mm-hmm. what I do. And so if I'm like, Oh, well, I was supposed to train today. And you decided for some reason, I always talk to myself in the past tense, like you decided past Eddie to drink three beers and stay up all night playing destiny Two. But then once I get into my working sets, it's kind of fine, honestly, yeah. for me. Yeah. So like, I don't, I think the, the biggest negative aspect is the weight gain, honestly, for yeah. me, honestly. I, I kind of agree. And I know people who obviously, you know, when you're hungover, you, yeah, you're going to feel like shit sometimes, but I'm kind of the same way. 
where maybe I, maybe I kind of just like plan more intelligently where like, right. I know if I'm going to drink a lot, I plan to not train the next day. Cause I usually work out, I mean, anywhere from four to five days a week, but I usually right. try to make sure that I'm not, if I'm going to go out, I'm not going to like plan for a really hard workout the next day. And uh, that's kind of how I usually do it. But I've definitely like in college and stuff, I would get shit face and then go to the gym and be totally fine. Granted, you know, I'm like, this is six years later now. So I don't know if it'd be way different for me now, but I've never really had a terrible time with being hungover and working out either. So no, I honestly you hear it all the time though. Yeah. I think that it's a, I mean, I hate to be so cliche, but I think it's like a, like a, like a, clickbaity advertisement thing because i know that like i researched it before i've been like yeah so alcohol has to have a performance on something like there's a, it has to be doing something so you know you go on to google or bing or DuckDuckGo, whatever search engine and you're just like oh you're like why you know blah 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 alcohol in this and like yeah. there has been studies that have shown like consuming mass amounts of alcohol can lead to lower amounts of testosterone levels so then you go get your testosterone levels checked and your wealth and range and you're like oh so then what the fuck like yeah. what's going on yeah, so even, even then, that's know. that's a great point the hormone the hormonal impact of it i've read about that too and um i mean the thing is is that there's always going to be like transient fluctuations in like certain hormones yeah that so if true. you go out and get fucking trashed and you know you don't sleep well and stuff yeah your testosterone is going to go back down for like a night and then the next day yeah it's not gonna be great but you, you can still get jacked from having low testosterone levels which is something people don't talk about a lot and plus <laughs> one day yeah. One day isn't going to do anything. One day is no. not going to do anything. <laughs> no. Also like to even pull off that even further, if you're trading towards a goal, like you said, you, you work out, like, you know, you, you plan your cycle, uh, your program designs for 22 weeks or so, uh, having one workout, that's like maybe even, you know, a little less good than usual. It's you're still getting the work in. And, uh, in my opinion, it's not going to detract at all. I mean, maybe for some people, if they're going out and getting trashed all the time and you know, way too much and yeah, maybe cumulatively over time would have an effect, but yeah. I agree with that statement a lot. Like, I think that first off, like, um, you know, one bad day out of what, seven times 22, whatever that is, you know, yeah. the 100, 150 days isn't really going to do anything. Like you could be stone sober and have a really shitty day in your programming For sure. just because of like, you know, at work, you got to deal with a bad person or like you come home and you forgot and then like your dog threw up or something and you <laughs> can still have like a bad day and that's yeah. not, that doesn't do the alcohol at all. And then that could stem off that. So I think that like having one day isn't mm -hmm. going to mess you up. I would agree with you though, that like, if you're raging like nonstop, it probably yeah. isn't going to be good. Like if you're like, you know, like it's four o'clock somewhere or whatever, yeah. five o'clock somewhere <laughs> and you're just getting hammered. Yeah. Like I did definitely do that during college. And that's probably why I haven't had extreme strength gains is because like I had this really wobbly base in the beginning mm -hmm. where I was just like partying and doing all the dumb shit. But yeah, you know, you learn from that kind of, I think. Yeah, I would say, I, I, I guess I have a lot of thoughts about this, actually, because my mind, my mind keeps going everywhere. But I would say that, like, <laughs> as long as people are consistent enough to the point where, like, mm -hmm. even if they do drink a decent amount, as long as they get in the gym and then do something on that day, maybe, and don't just plan yeah. to just not go for, you know, multiple days, because that obviously spirals into, you know, one day after another. I think yes. as long as they're at least getting in the work, that's the most important thing. And then plus the aspect of just, like, like just back to genetics again if you're like mm -hmm. genetically just blessed with getting jacked and like and strong as hell 
you know, you could train like shit all the time, almost, almost like a lot of the time and still just be super strong. I think it's like, if you're trying to reach that, that peak level for yourself, that's maybe when, you know, it gets harder and harder to like do things that are negatively will negatively, negatively impact your performance. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I you- yeah, dude, I agree with that so much. Like, first off, I think that like genetics are going to play a huge you know, rolling it like, you know, you could have like, you know, your like your partner could have like two drinks and they could be like shit faced. And then yeah. like you're like sitting there like five drinks in, and you're like, no, I could literally play soccer. Like we're good. Yeah. Like it does, you know what I mean? So genetics are gonna have a huge impact on how your body like metabolizes anything. So that's just the whole thing. And I also think that um as you get closer and closer to like your goal or your peak, I would say that probably most people will cut that shit out. Like I know mm-hmm. that like the week of like a powerlifting meet, I'm like, ah, I just won't drink. Cause I'm going to like set up to rage that night. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm just gonna be like, yeah. oh, I'll party, like drink for my accomplishments as Drake says, and I'll just go and have a good time during that. Yeah. Time. So that's just being sort smart of put though. it off. Yeah, that's true. But I will say something about sports and drinking. Like this may not pre- predominantly do with um, just powerlifting, but mm-hmm. I also play uh, disc golf recreationally, which is a really fun sport, but I always bring beer with me. And I call them PEDs, which are performance enhancing drinks. And so like after two beers, dude, there's something that happens. I don't know what it is. And I, I'm pretty sure probably people have experienced this before. I'm pretty sure there's famous people that have experienced this. Uh, but after like two beers, you're in like this weird zone where you're more likely to take risks, but you're yeah. not like hurting yourself and like fumbling over yourself. And like, you just play, do everything better. Like I do the same thing with like, when I play FIFA, like I play FIFA a lot, which is a soccer video game. I don't know if you know. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a video game junkie. I, uh, we haven't touched <laughs> okay. on that yet, but yeah, I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. I, I'm glad. And, uh, like whenever I play FIFA, I'll have like one beer and then I'll just like go hard. I don't know what it is that mm-hmm. I think stems off of something that when I was going to Sacramento state, I used to like, they had, um, they had like a video game section, which was $5 an hour and you could play whatever you wanted. And mm-hmm. we carpooled with four people. And so we'd have all this free time. My buddy would buy us like beer because he had a lot of financial aid. And he'd be like, oh, I'll buy you guys some beer. And then we would buy beer, drink beer and go play FIFA. And I think that like maybe that's why that happens. But mm-hmm. I think there's like you could do research. I mean, who someone can. I'm pretty sure there's like this weird equilibrium zone. Yeah. Where, like you have a certain amount of blood alcohol content, like 0.02 or whatever. Yeah. And you're like more Lucy. Uh, I'm going to completely agree with you on that because, yeah, that that two that two drink you hit that, that flow state, you know, you're just like confident Mm -hmm. enough to, uh, you know, improve your performance a little bit, but also, like you said, you're not getting like the actual detriments from alcohol, but, uh, I mean, exactly from my personal experience. So I've, I've grown up like skateboarding my whole life and I would always go out with my buddies and we would just like crush, you know, six packs and stuff. And there was a point where like you hit, you'd have like two or three drinks and you'd feel like, just confident enough to like try more stuff you know but also your performance wouldn't like your physical uh, coordination and stuff it would still be there so i I know i completely agree with you (laughs) yeah it's like this weird zone like we always everybody that when we play disc golf we always bring like two beers and we're like all right this should be plenty and then you're just like drink one on the front like first three holes and then you drink another one and you're like in the zone making crazy putts yeah dude it's like this weird energy i don't know what it is do you feel like uh, after a certain amount though you'd notice like you can't play as well oh yeah oh yeah. yeah when it's like your buddy's like dude i got a couple more beers and you're like because you're, you're already feeling confident from having two beers so you're like yeah, yeah throw me another one and then it's like it just all starts to go downhill yeah that's when you just start having fun and just start stop taking it yeah. seriously i guess <laughs> yeah talking crap mostly the whole time yeah. but yeah 
Yeah. So I, uh, yeah. Uh, what, what even is disc golf? I don't really know is Dude, yeah. disc golf. It's the best. Um, it's the best sport of all time. So it's essentially <laughs> it's ball golf. Well, you know, it's like my favorite recreational sport, even though like uh, the world championships just happened and it was like, there was mm -hmm. crazy results that came from that, but it's essentially ball golf, but use discs, which are like Frisbees. And oh, they okay. have different, they have different shapes and like molds and the different shapes and molds will like fly differently and mm -hmm. react differently depending upon how you throw it. But it's usually played like in really nice, like nature areas and no one's like, everyone's super chill. Like you can bring beer, you can bring anything you want to consume and just like do whatever you want. Like there's mm. no issues. Like everyone's super chill about it. I mean, you can't get like belligerent obviously, but right, like, right. and the cool thing is it's free. It's free almost everywhere. So oh, like, wow. you know, if you play ball golf, you're going to have to pay like $60 for a round or whatever. Uh -huh. And you're going to have to buy the clubs, which are going to be anywhere from like really cheap clubs, like 300 to like expensive clubs, like thousands of dollars mm -hmm. for a disc golf. You spend like $30 on a starter pack of discs and just go play and mm -hmm. have a good time. Oh, that's good to know. That does sound really cool. Yeah, um, it's, it's really fun. And the world championships just happened. And it was literally like one of the most craziest shots that ever happened in the history of disc golf. I highly recommend <laughs> that everyone look up the James Conrad shot from the world championships. And you'll be like, Holy shit. That was a while. Was, that just happened. Yeah. This, so spoiler alert doesn't need to be said spoiler alert, but <laughs> it was featured as the number one play on ESPN top 10. And like, it was essentially, they were going into the 18th hole and the guy that's a five-time world championship world champion. Mm -hmm. He like set all he had to do was get a, um, to get a birdie, to get the hole, to like win the whole world championships. Mm -hmm. And so he like, approached the hole essentially just like any other golf and like got it onto the green with like an easy tap in for a birdie and then james conrad was like 252 feet out sun in his eyes like this like it was like a movie and he throws just this ripper bro and he goes <laughs> and, and, and lands in the net and like people and so like disc golf nets they're like these giant chain things that come down so the disc can hit them and like fall in okay and so he throws it's like this magical shot like if you after this podcast you should look it up and you watch it and it's crazy and then so he ties uh, Paul McBeth going into the 18th. So then go playoff holes and James Conrad wins the playoff hole. And it's like his first world championship. It was really cool to watch. I was watching it live. I was just like losing my shit. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I never even, I, I heard the name before, but I never watched it at all. So that sounds awesome. I'll definitely check it out. James, James yeah. Conrad, you said. Yeah. He's just won the world championship. He's okay. He's, he seems like a cool dude. I, I mean, dude, it gets so weird. This, you could have a whole podcast talking about disc golf, but like, because there's different <laughs> brands and then the different brands have different athletes and then the mm -hmm. you know so it gets crazy but it's yeah. it's really fun for recreational hanging out with the friends yeah. with your partner if you have kids take your kids i bring my dog you know mm -hmm. and we just let the dog run wild and i'm out there just huffing discs it's a great time any any place where you can uh, get together with the bros and just crush some beers and just throw things hell yeah i'm all about it yeah yeah man. <laughs> of course um, all right. So there's a couple, I guess there's one other really big thing I want to touch on. And we kind of, okay. we talked about the lab grown meat stuff and like, kind of like tying that back to veganism and, um, like, I guess, so lab grown meat is becoming more popular in terms of just like being a thing that's actually going to probably happen. It seems like, uh, they're actually doing stuff with like, you know, cell-based meat. Like they're getting a sample of like yeah. the animal. Or, I don't even know how they're doing it really. Do you? I'm pretty sure what they do is they take um, like a muscle sample of a living animal. But so. they don't they don't have to kill the animal though, right? No. So it's kind of like how they take, can take tissue samples of humans. Um, if you ever mm -hmm. have to get like a like a mus muscle sample for some reason, mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure you could argue 
that does cause harm to the animal ah, that'd mm-hmm. be like a very loose argument it, it i don't know it could be a loose argument but then that's a whole yeah. loose argument of people saying like oh then you could just eat eggs because there's yeah. no problem with eating eggs but i don't know so well, they basically like a, a muscle cell yeah they, they get the cell and then from that they can make a i thought like an infinite amount of meat basically or almost right, yeah so right. it's like so i'm pretty sure just one time yeah in my opinion that is to, for how many lives they'd be saving for animals that is so so justified in every single way 100 percent justified i mean that's like sparing millions billions of animals lives i agree with you 100 percent, honestly so your opinion on it so when it does come out and it's like accessibly globally uh in grocery stores and stuff would you eat it yeah take my yeah. vegan card i'm gonna try it dude i'm gonna i don't like i just don't see i don't know because right? i'm i'm not i'm i miss brisket okay let's be real i miss brisket a lot like mm-hmm. that's one of my main things i miss and if they're like oh we have you know brisket but it's mm-hmm. all outgrown i'd be like okay i'll buy it i'll yeah. buy it you know but i would argue that that's still vegan though if it's if it's lab meat because it's so ethical i mean i guess some people could try to argue against it but in my personal opinion that is 100 percent justified in every way dude i'm in your boat i'm just yeah. saying that someone out there in the world <laughs> is gonna say this isn't vegan because yeah. it event essentially came from an animal but then it, that argument is like okay well then take away all the like medicine that you've ever taken essentially exactly take away all the antibiotics that you've ever yeah. had because we had to figure out how to use those like take away yep. any vaccine you've ever taken so it's like that's kind of a slippery ass slope but Great I, fucking point, will, man. Yeah. I will take it. Honestly, I'm going to eat it. I mean, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the, uh, the lab grown meat pill. No, I, yeah. I was going to say, I, yeah. So that's a great, great point. You just touched on just the fact that anything pretty much that's used at all, even any food, any medicine, any vaccines, whatever, they've always done something that tests on animals. Even I was looking up, uh, all the common ingredients that were tested on animals originally. So table salt, is tested on animal or was tested on animals i mean everything uh, refined sugar uh any literally any single food you can imagine that isn't like i don't know spinach probably i mean that probably (laughs) still has too it's been tested on like you could argue that like even with the um the mass farming that we have at scale that like rodents and insects and things like that get killed so it's like yeah there's just such a like a uh hyperbole or however you say that like people are just like no this is vegan and this isn't it's like bro it's yeah at the end of the day you just do your best that's it yeah cause the least amount of harm and do your best that's all that's all it's about and um yeah you kind of you kind of just even said there it's like a common uh like i guess omnivore argument to be like oh well if you're gonna eat uh plants you're gonna get by kill or whatever from uh harvesting fields and stuff and it's kind of like all right, well, you got to pick your battles a little bit. It's like, yeah, you could, you know, go ahead and go eat, eat that directly, or you could eat the meat, which, you know, that food that they're harvesting anyways is going to be fed to them anyways. So I you always have, say that one. Yeah, yep, yeah. I always say that one. Well, because like, how are you going to debunk that? I don't know. It, it just makes no logical sense for someone to hear that and be like, oh, uh, that makes no sense. I mean, it clearly makes sense. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I agree with you. It's like, I hate, I hate that argument so much. Cause like yeah. I've had people say it to me, like, especially students. Cause you know, teenagers, mm-hmm. I think, like I said, I teach high school. They're just so yeah. like, we were all that way. So I will never For say sure. anything's wrong with the youth, but For like, sure. they're so hell bent and they're like, but you're vegan. And where do you think your soy comes from? They're going to kill 
you know, X, Y, and Z. I'm like, you're eating cows that are fed corn and the corn's already getting harvested by the same machines that's going to yeah. kill those animals and then the monocrop culture is going to kill the topsoil yeah. and then they get like looking at me with weird eyes and i'm like you started it you wanted <laughs> to have this conversation and yeah that's so funny um even then though so if people do all switch to lab grown meat there aren't gonna there wouldn't have to be the animals that would be fed you know the the grains that are harvested for the animal, you know? So it's even more ethical, I would argue, to actually support lab-grown meat. I think you could very well make a point for that. Don't you think so? I uh, agree with that statement so much, but you know as well as I do. There's going to be these people that are going to be like, no, yeah, I have to have, just like the rhino horn thing. I don't know if you pay attention to this, but like, you know, obviously you probably do because you care about animals, but like rhinos get killed just for their horns. Mm -hmm. And then they, they figured out already how to grow exactly exact clone rhino horns and they're like this is the exact same thing and mm -hmm. people are like no it didn't come from a real rhino i don't want it it's like it's literally molecular exactly the same yeah um you know? That's, I, it's just some shit you know i didn't hear about that actually but i could yes. i could understand the what we you know already the train of thought there they're like oh well it, it avoids the whole like uh you know the game catching thing or whatever they call it dude it's it gets so weird like I, um, there's this great show I would highly recommend. It's, I don't know some people might think I'm weird for saying it, but it's called, uh, Hamilton's Pharmacopia. It was on vice. It was pretty good. It talks about like hallucinogenics. I'm not going to promote hallucinogenics on your podcast. Don't worry, but I'm actually um, doing a, uh, I'm doing a podcast with somebody in a couple of weeks about it. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, okay. <laughs> well, anyways, but there's, uh, there's, um, this one thing that's like, it came, they call it like the toad. And I don't remember exactly what it is. This has some weird molecular compound. And you lick the back of it, able, right? And you well, get... they like hard, they squeeze the glands on the toad. Oh. And then it, the toad squirts something and it hits glass and they dry it on glass and they scrape that off. And then you smoke it and you go into like literally a, a, the other worlds. I haven't done that. I've done other weird shit. But anyways, <laughs> they have been able to synthesize it. Literally the molecular compound, it reacts the same way. And this guy, Hamilton, he goes and he like shows people all the data. He's like, this is the data. Like you can do the exact same thing and you won't have to harm this endangered species. And they're mm -hmm. like, I want, I want the toad. It's, I want the toad. And it's like, uh, bro, it's, a, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I want the toad. <laughs> yeah. People just get hell bent on like, in the, 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 okay, this is getting me on some weird philosophical things, but people get hell bent on like wanting the realness but yet they won't go do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they won't go harvest the life of that creature or they won't, you know, go harm the animal or, you know, and yet they want it. They're like, I know it's not real. It's like this weird trend. And I'm so yeah. upset about it. That's a really good point. Yeah. It's like, if they're, I, I'm just thinking uh, kind of like backwards here from what you just mentioned, like the, the synthesized rhino horn, that's exactly the same. I could see mm -hmm. how that would also open up a market being like, oh, well, that's, you know, just the fake one. I want the one that is, right. you know, someone went out and killed a rhino. And it's just like, you're just paying someone to do that. And it's the exact same thing. Like, wh why? That doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so frustrating. And also, like, this is going to be a controversial statement as a vegan. But like, if somebody is out there hunting and killing their own animals, I will give them less flack than someone that goes to the store and picks up a styrofoam tray of meat. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't find that, like I don't find that controversial. I think a lot of well, because people... you're a good dude, man. Like a <laughs> lot of people, like I've talked to a lot of well, not I haven't talked to a lot, but I've talked uh -huh. to other people, other vegans, and they're like, no, but hunting still kills the animal. Don't you think that's bad? I'm like, yeah, it is bad. Mm -hmm. It's great, it's not great. Like yeah. I'm doing great on my protein, I'm fine. 
But if you're going to consume the flesh of an animal, wouldn't you mm. rather have someone that actually killed the animal do it instead of like all the horrible trope, all the horrible things that happen from the killing of an animal to like the yeah. people butchering an animal to like all those things. And people just, they don't like, they don't see eye to eye. I'm like, this is so confusing to me. Yeah. That kind of goes back to like the, the militant vegans, I guess, who only mm-hmm. see in black and white kind of. And um, mm-hmm. I also feel like this is a little bit controversial to some people like those kind of people. But um, I actually kind of see, I mean, I, I feel like it's not that controversial actually that morality is like a scale it's like a it's like a spectrum yeah. to an extent and i think this is kind of like it's because it's you kind of lose the simplicity of the black and white uh thinking in this way but i think that it's very easy to still make rational assumptions with what is like more ethical or not uh do you follow mike israel by any chance that uh I, I know who he is yeah i don't like follow him hardcore but i mean I have yeah. used their free products and I have like watched their YouTube videos and that dude is like extremely smart and mm-hmm. extremely jacked. So yeah. yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. So I really like him for all of like his training information, but he did a, a big video on um, veganism and the ethics of veganism. And I thought oh, it really? was actually pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty um, well thought out, I would say, but also there were some like kind of stupid things in there, but it was way better than I thought it would be. So he like very much promotes the idea of veganism and he just poked, pokes holes in like some nuances saying that it's like a spectrum, which is kind of what I just said. But then he like really reaches for some stuff. And I think that there's like a degree of just being like, just being rational enough to be like, all right, that's, that's reaching so hard, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to uh, yeah. watch this video now. It's, it's long. It's like an hour long, but um, it, it made me. Dude, think- I'm on summer. I'm on summer. <laughs> I've got nothing else to do. I mean, yeah, this is an hour long podcast already. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a good listen. I, he, he kind of made me think like it's someone's perspective who eats meat, but he's like, when Labro meat comes out, I'm going to eat it hundred percent, like just strictly eat that. And then he made like the arguments that I don't necessarily maybe agree with completely, but it made me kind of be a little more like, okay, well, I can see his points about like morality being a spectrum and it's not as black and white as some people make it out to be. So that's mm-hmm. kind of like. I, it's a bit of a tangent there, but uh, it's a good it's a good little listen if you feel like giving it an hour. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll give it a shot. I mean, I'll put it put it on and like unpack stuff in the move. Yeah, yeah. If you listen to it, let me know what you think because uh, there he made he brought up some things where I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. It made me think a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. All right, man. So I kept you for like about an hour already, and I I know <laughs> you you have stuff to do. So, um. Is there anything else that you think we didn't get to touch on too much yet or you want to add? I just think that um, everybody should give equip lifting a chance, honestly. Like, look into it. If you're into powerlifting at all, like, I know that you're into being spelt and handsome. But if you're into, like, uh, (laughs) being, like, extreme pure strength powerlifting, give it a chance. Um, It's It sucks. It feels like your head's going to explode. But Mm -hmm. it's the most fun I've ever had. It's like going from stock car racing to full uh-huh. drag so it's like pretty fun do you find the fun in it just being more weight on your back and stuff like that oh yeah of course yeah, and okay. it feels like it feels like you're gonna like explode like hitting depth like mm-hmm. i mean i posted the videos on my instagram before but like when i squatted the state record it wasn't that heavy but it was like 557 mm-hmm. um i hit depth clearly you can totally tell but like getting there it feels like your head's gonna literally pop off and it that's kind of the fun in it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I never thought about. Uh, I guess. I guess what kind of scares people a lot is just that learning curve and like not knowing because it's it's not as popular yeah. as raw lifting. I know 
it was way more popular than raw lifting and then raw powerlifting just took over. So I, I think people yeah, just I, don't, yeah. yeah. I think people just don't I think get it's, the learning curve. I think it's more that you generally, <clears throat> excuse me, you generally need a team because mm. <laughs> I've gotten stuck in my gear and I've had to go <laughs> like inside, like in my, especially in the bench shirt, because it's extremely hard to get off. Mm-hmm. Going inside, looking like a mummy and being like to my wife, being like, please take this off, pull it help. off. And she, and she has to like pull it off like a hockey jersey, you know? And so, <laughs> babe, help me. Uh, I'm fucking stuck. <laughs> and so, especially if you train by yourself or if you're in like a, 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 a globo gym, say, you know, you're going to get looked at hella weird if you pull yeah, out like a yeah. bench shirt. But if you have the access to either some friends, or if you have the access to a powerlifting gym, I would highly recommend checking out Equip Lifting. Check, look for the old-timey dudes. It's usually old-timey dudes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm only 33, but it's usually older dudes, and they have it. You could talk to them. They'll probably share. They might have in, They might have gear for sale that's really cheap. Always buy your first gear used. You don't know how it's going to fit. So always buy gear used. Um, but, yeah, I would really highly recommend if anybody's interested in powerlifting, don't shit on Equip Lifting because mm-hmm. it's pretty fun. That's awesome, man. That's good to hear because a lot of people like, like I kind of talked to you about before, no one does equip lifting really anymore. No, so it's, they don't. it's, yeah, it's really cool to hear your perspective on it. And it's clear that you are really passionate about it. So that's awesome, man. That was, that's great to hear. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, uh, they literally had to open up a subdivision just for me at the most last meet. I emailed the meet director and I was like, can you please open an equipped lifting uh, division so I can compete and then I used to train at that gym so she responded she's like oh of course we got it for you don't worry and so they put it in but so yeah don't be afraid also if you can if you do train equipped the e- email meet directors because more than likely they'll do it for you you just got they don't do it because no one has an interest in it I was the only mm. equipped lifter there you know what I mean so yeah you just you got to talk to people and they'll, they're more than likely going to do it for you so it's just it was just you at that whole meet <laughs> Like, yeah like for equipped. well i mean yeah it was everybody else was there and then it was like oh, okay and eddie's coming up and i was like ah, all right that's great <laughs> all right cool man um yeah so that was uh, that was awesome uh where can people find you on social media and connect with you or uh what about like uh do you post all your lifting stuff on there or anything i do so i use okay. uh instagram mostly it's at eddie.baumgartner uh, okay. b-a-u-m-g-a-r-t-n-e-r i'm sure you'll post that but um mm-hmm. also I, i'm i do stream a lot on twitch uh if people want to follow me there it's uh the agent bomb like my last name b-a-u-m mm-hmm. it's mostly weird shit mostly minecraft and destiny but if you want to follow me i'm going to come back and do some so i do hot eating challenges on twitch and playing video games and it's really wild <laughs> but if anybody wants to do that um Twitter I use, but I don't really use. So mostly Instagram and then Twitch, Twitch. honestly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We, we didn't get uh, get into talking about the, uh, the video games today, but uh, I'm a complete nerd. Uh, I'm a fucking weeb too. I love anime and uh, manga. So yeah, uh, maybe you, you can come on another time or something and we could talk uh, nerdy stuff and hot sauce. Cause oh, I'm also a hot sauce junkie. <laughs> oh dude. Yeah. Next time a hundred percent. We'll talk about that stuff. Awesome, man. All right. Well, thanks so much, Eddie. And uh, yeah, um, thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah, that was a great chat, man. Awesome, man. I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Apex Approach podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, it would mean a ton if you gave the podcast a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Player FM, Pinecast, or any other service you're listening to. And subscribe to the Apex Fitness YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page. Feel free to check out the articles, training and nutrition programs, and merch on athexfitness.com. And if you like what I'm making, dropping a like, 
commenting, and sharing would really, really help me out. Thanks so much, guys, and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace out.